Access flash. I'm sorry. Did you record that? <laughs> you did. Please, you did that. we'll you find out. Motherfucker, I swear to Christ. <clears throat> now we earned our explicit tag. All right. <laughs> Every time you have tag. me on, you have to, you know, parental advisory. He's on the show. Do not let your kids listen to him. <laughs> Kevin has I, a potty mouth. He's not. He's not I, in a... I have to get it out. I work at a school with kids. I can't swear all day. Yeah, well, uh, we'll see. We'll see if Josh drops back in and if he's uh, been looking at 4chan before. <laughs> so, so. <laughs> Anyhow, on that on that lovely note, I guess we should uh, start things off. So, hello, welcome to the Mazer Patrol podcast. Woohoo! I'm your host Kevin, and I am joined by a special panel of uh, miscreants here today. Yay! <laughs> so, uh, should. I, I, I guess I'll just introduce people one at a time. Probably. So, yeah, uh, let's start off with with Justin. Justin, uh, people who listen to a lot of these would know well from other things. Yeah, Is... hi. Happy to be here, Kevin. Um, you know, yeah, I've been on here before with you to, to talk about stuff. So. All right. Uh, I'm not sure if you're wanting us to do, like, actual intros for ourselves or not. So. <laughs> Whatever, we'll we'll wing it. Usually okay. uh, what happens is I will say, hey, I'm Kevin, and then everybody will just sort of fumble over themselves trying to figure out who introduces themselves next. That's but, exactly uh, what happened now, so we're good. What, okay. Matt, Matt, partly, it, this isn't Kaiju Transmissions, is this? It is not, but I am very delighted that you would have me on this wonderful show, and uh, yeah, ha- happy, happy to be here for for the ride. I get confused sometimes because I tend to be on that show more than I'm on this one. Yeah, what's up with that, man? You guys got to rec- we we have a very uh, we record way too much, and then like it felt like at December we we took a little bit of a hiatus, but uh, that's because we record like it feels like once a week sometimes. Mm. All right, and uh, we've got one other newcomer voice to this cast. Uh, Hi, I'm Connor. I I've read Mazer Patrol before. I'm friends with Justin and Kevin. Just a fan of Gridman, who is happy to join you guys. All right. So as uh, Connor just mentioned. Great man is what we're to discuss. We figure everybody is is busy talking about this other animated adaptation of a major Tokusatsu kaiju franchise right now. So we'll be a little different and and go for the other one. Uh, but yes, we'll be talking about Ultra the Ultraman from 1979. Don't get me started. <laughs> that show that show is awesome though. It is. I was going to say the Cartoon Network finally make their Gamera cartoon. I wish. <laughs> I'm still waiting for that. <laughs> uh, no, but th- so this is this has been a fantastic season of anime, and some people are saying perhaps the the best year of anime uh, ever. I don't know about that. I'd have to like go back and and count episode by episode against I don't know 1973 or 1987 or whatever. But it has been very strong. Uh, so many shows competing for your attention, from Zombieland Saga to Thunderbolt Fantasy to that show about getting reincarnated as a slime uh, to Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. And yet, and yet, the show that I, this past season, have been most keen to tune into episode by episode has been SSSS Gridman. You guys have similar feelings? Uh, yes, I do. Um, I'm not super into anime, but I love Tokusatsu. And uh, I actually finished the original Gridman this year. So. When I heard, you know, that this was coming out last year, I was kind of eagerly waiting to watch it, and it it exceeded my expectations. Great show. 
You know, Same. We're going to do that a lot. You might as well get used to it, I think. Uh, so for me, like, I, I kind of marathoned this show because I waited for it to all come out. And then I kind of sat down over a couple of days and, like, watched all the episodes. And I, I've, I don't know. Like, this has probably been one of my favorite shows. Like, I, I follow, you know, Attack on Titan and My Hero Academia. And, like, I, for me, this this show kind of might have eclipsed those. So, um yeah, I was I was thrilled by the by the end of it. Yeah, I haven't followed an anime series in in a while, honestly. Like probably not since Attack on Titan, um, really. So this was one I was I was looking forward to it, um, and then it. So I I will say, and I guess we can we can talk about this a little bit more. I initially, when I first started watching it, I wasn't um, crazy about it, and then I I actually went a couple weeks, didn't watch it let um my cue kind of build up in uh, in Crunchyroll and I came back to it and I kind of marathoned like five episodes that had happened in the meantime and and then I was like okay no I'm really I'm really into this and um yeah so I I, I watched it through to the end I thought it was great so I actually messaged Kevin one day and I was like hey you've been talking about Gridman I, I watched the first episode and was kind of like eh and then he just said, just keep watching. And so I took that, and I was like, okay, I'm eventually going to get to this. And I'm really glad that I did. As for me, uh, I actually renewed my Crunchyroll account because I canceled it after they didn't pick up Ultraman RB. <laughs> but they were like, oh, we're getting Gridman. So I was like, well, I'll, I'll watch it, and then I'll, I'll cancel it after that. And I saw the first episode. It was interesting. And then over time, it got better and better. And it got to the point where I was thinking, what what is going to happen? I was forming all these theories and connections, and I was hoping uh, a lot of them would turn out to be true. And you know, it's really satisfying. So I could not I could not stand the wait though. Yeah, that was true. I mean, I honestly, yeah, I was not um, I was not subscribed to Crunchyroll when I started watching it. I was watching episodes like a week after they came out and it was towards the end there. I think I told Kevin and Connor this at the time was, it was like when they got to that, the, the, the finale though, I was like, I had to sign up again and, and renew my subscription because I was like, I'm not waiting to find out what happens in the finale. Like I got to know now. So you guys should just get like VRV. Cause it's kind of the best of both worlds. Yeah. I heard VRV is pretty good. It's great. You get, I mean, like High Dive is great. You obviously get Crunchyroll, and then um, for me, I like horror films, so I, you get Shudder as well. And then we have nice. uh, Boomerang, and my son loves Scooby Doo. So this is a ringing endorsement for like ten bucks a month. You can't beat that. This oh. podcast was sponsored by VRV. By the way, <laughs> we are <laughs> now. They'll just pay us or pay yeah. Kevin. I guess. Come on, guys. I'll I'll take a payment in the form of free subscription uh, cards, which they do give away like candy. By the way, so. <laughs> So yeah, I think uh, that should be you know across the, the the board here a good indicator from from everyone that uh, this is worth watching. Uh, two two of the regular podcasters who uh, couldn't make it today were also pretty uh, pretty enthused with the with the show, and um, that that's uh, our, our regular guys uh, Josh and Andy. They also had good things to say, but they couldn't make it for this evening. So that's a set of six people that are that are into this sort of stuff that are all saying you should watch it and if you go onto youtube look at reactions and stuff you'll find a whole lot more people who will there's a range of people uh who this show appeals to some for different reasons than others but 
we'd like to think that our particular set of tastes might steer you in the right direction. So take that as a, as a ringing endorsement. If you have not seen it, as we talk about the show, we will probably just by nature of things have to get into spoilers. Uh, if you want to go in blind, you can do that. But I think it really behooves you. You'll get the most out of it if you watched at least some of the original show that it is based on from 1993. So the current SSSS Gridman is, let's just say, based on uh, another show, Gridman the Hyper Agent, 25 years before. So this is a, this is a Tsuburaya Productions uh, Tokusatsu drama and do we want to just go into the into the history of the original show and give some context for that i, I think that'd be a good idea because i do think uh like again i've seen the original show in full and i do think that you know if one is going to watch Gridman, they should at least watch like at least one episode of the original show to get kind of like okay this is this is what is what used to be Gridman. <clears throat> so yeah i think i think going to the original show wouldn't be a bad idea sure so, so Connor, I mean, do you, I mean, you've out of, I'm, I'm willing to go out on a limb here and say, I think that out of all of us, you've seen the, probably the most, um, maybe Japanese superhero shows in general and maybe Subaraya shows. I don't know. Maybe Kevin would want to ba- debate you on that, but, um, I mean, Kevin I, can, if he wants, I have, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was going to say, I mean, do you think that you'd be the, the best to like, kind of go over some history here? I mean, do you, sure. I can, I can go over, um, a bit of Gridman's history. I did do some research uh, before uh, you guys invited me on the podcast, and I did some after you guys invited me, just for the hell of it. And uh, I will say, I am no expert, so if I get some things wrong, uh, please do not crucify me if you go on Japanese Wikipedia and I, you know, said, oh yeah, it's based on blah, blah. Like, unless it's like super wrong, please just don't go after me. I'm just some weirdo on the internet. But uh, <clears throat> so Gridman, from what I can recall and what I've researched, uh, was a joint thing by uh, Subarai and Takara. I think I'm pronouncing the name right. Takara Toys? Yeah. The guys who did the Transformers toys before they became the Transformers. Um, and from what I recall, the uh, the original concept was something called, <laughs> you'll never believe this name, Big Man. So wasn't it um, they they had success with Cybercop and they wanted to 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 follow that up with like a Cyberman sort of story? Yeah, from that is, from what that is... I recall, like uh, there, yeah, something like that. They wanted to do something called like Big Man or Cyberman, where it's like one hero and he wasn't that big, and then the vehicles would just stack onto him and he get bigger and bigger, which is kind of a fun idea. And you can see that definitely in uh, the finalized version of the character. But then I think after that, uh, what happened was they teamed up with Subaraya, and Subaraya was like, oh, yeah, we got some money from, you know, Ultraman towards the future and powered. Should we just make this kind of an Ultraman show? And they were like, yeah, why not? And uh, then after that, it switched from being, I think, set in the real world to being set in cyberspace because the Internet was brand new at the time. And uh, they thought that was a good spot, you know, to set their show and. This this was this was wilderness years for Ultraman, but they were they were teasing at bringing it back with like little yeah. one offs at all the time. So I'm sure they were very enthusiastic about like, hey, let's do another giant hero thing, sort of almost as a proof of concept. Yeah, I do think that uh, stuff like Gridman and Ultraman Zareth and the uh, the first couple 1994 Hisei Ultra Seven episodes are definitely like a dry run for something like Tiga. 
in terms of just like special effects and storyline, maybe not so for Gridman, but storyline ideas. Well, like the thing, about, the thing about Gridman is that, and this is how I always describe it to people as like my shorthand if they haven't seen it, is I just go, I mean, if you know Ultraman, it's Ultraman meets Tron. Yeah, so that's be, pretty accurate. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, that's literally, you know, that's literally what it is. Because I mean, you go and you watch Gridman, and it is basically just an Ultraman show that they've repackaged in into this this new form of like, you know, here's this character. He's not Ultraman, even though he literally looks like Ultraman dressed in armor. He has a color timer. He fights kaiju. He has the exact same transformation growth sequence you know yeah, like an but ice thing on the head right you know <laughs> yeah he's and he, but it's it's just it's not it's not ultraman it's gridman so and it's set in the internet you know so yeah and like, gridman and, sorry oh and, and and much like uh many other Tsuburaya giant hero shows gridman has since uh sort of been grandfathered into the ultra franchise with you know appearances and not main shows, but other media, you know, stage yeah. shows and comics and things like that. Mm-hmm. Although they'll have the, the, you know, in Kaiju Girls, they had monsters from the from the Gridman series show up, for example. Yeah. Right. And also, like, I do, I do believe that Ultraman X is basically Gridman as an Ultra. <laughs> well, I mean, oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, not completely, but I, I think the general idea is there, because I remember when the first preview images of X came out and he's all cyber themed and he, you know, uses cyber kaiju that become armor and weapons from like, it kind of sounds like what, what Gridman is. Well, Gridman also sort of started Tsuburaya down that road of having Ultraman with multiple forms and power ups mm-hmm. and things like they didn't really do that before Gridman. So, so, so I have a question here, which I'm wondering if like Connor or Kevin, you have insight into, because like my suspicion is that, or, or, what I've what I've always kind of suspected or wondered is like how much of Gridman was also so like Subaraya's response to Toei because this is the early '90s and we're talking about the point where Toei is having runaway success turning Super Sentai into Power Rangers and mm. there's a lot of Gridman that seems very clearly to be kind of a response to what Toei is doing because you know once you start getting all of the that like armor and auxiliary vehicles that like transform and stuff i mean you're basically doing like the the super sentai thing of like turning gridman into a mech so yeah well this was co-produced with takara after all so right and they did the the transformers stuff i mean i've i haven't heard anything about it but i mean i do know that like ultraman ace the reason why ace fights a you know yapool and all the choju and it's like really weird and bonkers is because they were trying to imitate Ryder at the time and I mean, I wouldn't be surprised because, like, in this in this in Tokusatsu, uh, from what, what I can tell, a lot of stuff feeds. It's like a circular loop because, like, you'll get Godzilla and Godzilla inspired Gamera, and then you have Gamera versus Virus, and then inspires Tanaka to make Godzilla's revenge. That kind of stuff. So I I wouldn't doubt it. I haven't heard anything official, but like again, if that was their attempt at trying to ape the the, the success of Toei's like Sentai Max, then I could believe it. I mean, yeah. I, I would definitely say that Power Rangers had uh, some influence on on a later aspect thereof, but uh, <laughs> we'll get to that when we get to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, I mean, and in in particular, I mean, you know, just like I guess we can, if we want to get into like more of like kind of the plot and sort of the story as it is of Gridman, but I mean, even just like 
and you know i'm thinking very specifically also about like um you know jew ranger the the series the sentai series that became the first season of power rangers just because of the fact that gridman even does eventually introduce like a dinosaur mecha and stuff so i mean i could see it yeah like we'd have to look at the time well okay gridman came out in like 93 94 ish right and uh jew ranger was 92 could be it i could yeah. see it yeah Jurassic I mean, Park also came out in 93 also. When did that come out in Japan? Well, I, I mean, Blue was... Ranger was definitely a response to Jurassic Park. Yeah. Certainly. So it's it's all it's all tying on the same... Cyclical. Yeah. Yeah. I do think, uh, in my opinion, Power Rangers, the first season, did really well because of Jurassic Park, because they had the dinosaur motif, regardless of whether or not Jurassic Ranger was inspired by Jurassic Park. But oh yeah, no. I mean, that's definitely true. I mean, I wouldn't yeah. be, I wouldn't be like the Sentai fan I am today if like, if any, probably if any other Sentai series besides Jew Ranger had been the one that got brought over as Power Rangers. Like Jetman is amazing, but I think if mm-hmm. Jetman had gotten turned into Power Rangers, I would have not been like a fan. So it was specifically the fact that these were teenagers piloting dinosaurs. I was just like, Fuck yes. So you know, <laughs> that's kind of the reason I was into it too because I loved. I had a dinosaur phase as a kid. Um, I'm still having a dinosaur phase. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all are. But anyway, so, um, but yeah, so I guess if we want to like get into um, a little bit about like, so, you know, so we, we've, we've sort of hinted at this, like the description of it being like Ultraman meets Tron. But so the, the basic premise of this show, um, I guess I'll take, take the, the reins here for a second and try and talk about it. the basic premise of this show is that you've got like these three junior high school kids, um, two guys, um Naota and his friend Ipe and then they've got a, a one one girl who's their friend Yuka and they're these kind of uh you know aspiring you know they they're they're really into computers basically they're like a bunch of computer nerds um and they've they've <clears throat> built a computer in um I think it's it's Ipe's house right it's his family's basement or whatever yeah i believe yeah. so yeah so they've built uh, a a computer that they call the junk um, cause it's like just made from spare parts and it's this giant hulking monstrous piece of antiquated technology. Um, and, uh, and so they build this computer to like, you know, go online and stuff and, and, and do things. And, um, and they end up once they, once they turn it on getting, uh, contacted by this character called Gridman, who explains that he's a, a hyper agent, basically like a cop for the, the internet. And that he needs their help because there is this uh, basically like cyber criminal called uh, Khan Digifer, um, who's this this character who, speaking of, of weird, like, you know, secular pop culture things, oddly enough, I think kind of looks like Shredder from Ninja Turtles. Yeah, he kind of looks Shredder-ish. <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah. Um, so Khan Digifer, uh, who is... Uh, you know, kind of wreaking havoc online. Um, and the way Khan Digifer is doing this is that um, these three kids have a classmate, this guy, Takashi, um, who is uh, this sort of uh, a loner. He's he's kind of a weird kid. I mean, you know, the, the which you, you sort of get the 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 fact of that he's, you know, he's uh, he's kind of gangly looking, um, you know, he's, he's got, a like, nerd. Yeah. He's just a big well, nerd. Well, he's not even I mean, well, I think that that's sort of misleading consider like I think that I think that one of the things that's really interesting we can get into this a little bit later is kind of 
contrasting like the way Takashi's portrayed versus the way like Akame's portrayed in SSS Gridman. Um, because like, because the thing about like like Takashi is like I don't almost get like nerd vibes off. I mean, maybe it's like a different kind of nerd because like this is like a junior high school kid who wears like a like a suit to like school every day and like carries like a briefcase while his friends are like you know have like you know jeans and t-shirts yeah, you know, casually stuff. dressed that kind of thing right but uh he, he perceives himself as as better than everyone else and when other people don't acknowledge that he's better than him he perceives that as bullying yeah so and then he, of... and he he throws a little shit fit and then he goes online and uh he makes a monster but uh like takeshi like i will say i i am a nerd it whatever way you slice it i am a nerd i have seen too much tokusatsu to count i am a dork but uh, even I think Takeshi's super nerdy. It's like, I I guess the way I describe it, he's not just like a nerd, but he's like this, he's like that misanthropic nerd who thinks he's better than everyone else. He's got this big chip on his shoulder. Like I've known, I've known he's guys like He's a Rick and like Morty that. fan. Is what he's saying. a Rick and Morty <laughs> fan. Oh, my, can you imagine if Gridman came out in like 2017? He makes a monster go after McDonald's because they ran out of Szechuan sauce or something. I can totally see that. Yeah, but I, yeah, he is, he is the... I you need a high enough IQ to understand my brilliance. I'm so lonely. Why do girls friends on me? Yada yada. You know, one of those dorks. Right. And uh I think he's honestly one of my favorite Tokusatsu villains because he's just a little shit. <laughs> like, that that's that that's the that is, that is like that's totally the thing about him. Is it's cause like so yeah, that's yeah, like so yeah, Takashi is like the ally of Khan Digifer because like so like the whole thing is like Gridman, you know, apparently despite being a, a digital being on the the internet for some reason needs like a human child to bond with him in order for him to like actually do anything um on the internet which is is weird um but you know and, and likewise apparently like con digifer is pretty like you know impotent himself and so he needs like takashi to design monsters for yeah. him apparently in like kid pics or something i don't know what kind of art <laughs> program he's using the um, same one from violante i guess i don't know <laughs> but uh yeah he's um you know, and and so yeah so like kakashi will make these monsters and then con digifer will bring them to life and send them out to wreak havoc on the internet but that that is like the overarching thing is it's like with the exception of like and, and like because i guess what i'm trying to get at is like that's not like a bad idea. Like that's you know sort of really kind of almost progressive in like a certain sense because like they're thinking ahead to because again this is like the nascent part of the internet, but they're really thinking ahead to like the the age of like when like today when like cybercrime is actually like a serious thing, you know. Mm -hmm. And it's like you have to worry about like hackers and identity theft and people like you know hacking into like major corporations and doing all kinds of like damage and stuff and everything. And there's like a couple episodes that kind of like touch on that. Like the very first episode sort of touches on that where like Takashi makes a monster that basically takes over and like shuts down a hospital. And you're like, that's like serious, you know, like there are people now whose lives are in danger. But the, the whole thing is like 99% of the stuff that Takashi does is just, just petty bullshit. Shit. It's just like, petty bullshit. It's, it's yeah. either petty, but it has like it's, horrific ramifications. Like the like the episode where he like brings <laughs> every cash register to explode at the supermarket. <laughs> right, but I mean, there's one where he he hacks the water treatment plant and replaces the water with hydrochloric acid. <laughs> <laughs> or or one of my favorites, just because it's like just so fucked up. 
for such a petty thing. He, like, finds a way to hack into dog collar trackers or whatever and makes them explode. Oh, Takeshi. I'm, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking about the ones where, like, he finds out, like, because, so, like, one of the things is, like, you know, they, they kind of toy with this idea throughout the series that, like, Takeshi has a crush on um, on Yuka, right? The the girl member of, of our trio of protagonists, you know, but, like, again, he's so, like, awkward and inept in everything, like, he can't you know get up the guts to like ask her out or anything or, or and stuff and so he he just gets angry about this and and so there's like this one episode where like yuka he finds out yuka is like making a cake for like naota and ipe you know just as like this gesture of like friendship and so he finds some way to like hack into her microwave and he's gonna make it explode there's also the and, one where he uh, oh go on justin i'm sorry i don't know Go ahead. Oh, there was also the one where he, uh, he programmed a camera to capture her and put her in a computer simulation where he could just toy with her. And it's it's legitimately like maybe one of his sickest plans because like he's like making her send out these videos where she's like, oh, yeah, I ran away. I'm happy where I am. Bye. And it's just, just so gross. It, it gets into like almost like some Black Mirror territory. Yeah. So. I think so. I'd like Black Mirror more if it was about gridman but <laughs> oh, well same yeah i'm not a fan of that show personally i like but the anyway. first season but i i think it quickly wore out it's welcome for me but uh then there's also the episode did you see the one with takeshi's double that was so weird it was it was definitely an idea that it seems like they could have expanded on and then they they just sort of didn't yeah like that one when i first saw it kind of threw me for a loop but then over time it's like i don't to me that episode I'd count it as a dream episode. I don't think it happened in the narrative of this pretend show that already isn't real, but whatever. Uh, but to me, that's like showing off, this is what Takeshi wants to be. This is who he is really underneath. He needs to work for that. And that makes his redemption at the end really good. And also makes me wish we got Gridman Sigma where he's the hero, but what can you do? Right. So it, it seemed like one of the things that also potentially could have been foreshadowing at an idea that they had and i think they were always dancing around was uh, in gridman the hyper agent the monsters don't exist in the real world but con digifer wants them to he -hmm. wants to bring things out of the computer and into the real world uh there's there's the one episode where he tries to do that i think it's pretty early on in the series actually like yeah it was like episode it was episode two it's episode two yeah where he yeah he tries with Ramora. yeah and he opens up the portal, and the monster almost gets out, but Gridman's able to pull him back in before it happens. Right, and then it happens again in the climax, where Khan Digifer is trying to, like, escape into, like, the human world, so... It's got all those tentacles going on, and those weird yeah. plants. So, um... But, but, yeah, like, yeah, you know, there's this... Yeah, it's just, but yeah, so it's this, it's this whole thing where, yeah, and like all the monsters, yeah, like Kevin was saying, like they just exist like within the internet and stuff, you know, and um, which is, of course, imagined as being like, you know, some sort of, of, you know, like very Tron seeming like inspired, like neon light kind of like city and everything. So, you know, you get that, that, that imagery of like kaiju attacking like buildings and like tearing them down. And then in reality, that's, uh, that's affecting like a computer system that in turn is affecting something in the real world. And, and also I, I feel like it has to be said as, as you might've gathered 
from our, us describing some of Takashi and, and Khan Digifer's plans, um, you know, like this is a show that uh, kind of takes that that like uh, Isaac Asimov principle of like any poorly understood technology is indistinguishable from magic (laughs) and like really runs with it because apparently in in this world um you can use a computer to do anything (laughs) you can hack a microwave you can hack gym equipment i think my favorite is when takashi creates a computer virus to revive a dead mummy yeah (laughs) (laughs) no 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 what about the one we brought the ninja into the future oh (laughs) <laughs> I mean, if people aren't sold on Gridman now, I don't know why they're listening. I gotta be honest. <laughs> Summer the, Wars ain't got nothing on this. The one with the ninjas might, might include one of my favorite, like, gag moments in any tokusatsu show. Where the ninja, he's brought into the real world, or the, the modern age or whatever, and he's just walking around modern Japan. He's just kind of like, oh, what, what is this place? He's like, man, I'm really hungry. Where, where can I go get food? And he turns and uh he looks and he st- stares straight at a mcdonald's <laughs> like the juxtaposition of that and just like the way they they set it up was just so perfect like i don't know gridman gridman is a really really fun show like really funny lots of action i think before we get into the uh the anime show which we're all gonna rave about people should watch this one <clears throat> yeah, yeah it's uh it's available streaming on the toku network uh so not to be confused with the Tokusatsu Network, which is a news website. Uh, but uh, yeah, you can get Toku through their own streaming platform, or you can get it through Amazon Prime. Uh, lots of good stuff on there. The subtitles leave something to be desired because they come from Subaraya, and the people there tend to not be native English speakers. It's... Yeah, that's that's the only downside to watching Gridman um, through Toku, which is... Which, which is really your only option, unfortunately. The show never got a lot of, of fan sub reception or anything. So, and it's, you know, they're not the worst subtitles I've ever seen, but they're not great either. They're livable. You you yeah. will be able to handle them. You'll be and able to can... follow. It's it's um it's it's not my phrase. This this comes from somebody else, but it was it was something that uh, when uh, Shout released their Ultra Q box set, and somebody said these aren't really subtitles. They're just titles. <laughs> and yeah, they're like, just titles. Yeah. So it's like you'll get the gist of what the characters are talking about. So you'll be able to follow along the story. So. And then maybe someday we'll get we'll get good subs for Gridman, but I I wouldn't hold your breath. Like don't wait for some fan subbing group to just pick this up. Just just go watch it. Yeah. Plus, I do think the the goofy subs do add to the show's charm. Sometimes. Yeah. Occasionally, but. So I wanted to bring up something um, that we didn't really talk about with this show because there's a pretty big difference with how they handle it in the anime, and that's like when they when Gridman's needing a, an upgrade, right, or a new weapon. Like, how do they handle that in this show? Can you guys talk about that a bit? So in the uh, in the original show, Gridman starts off as just Gridman, like he's just Gridman, and uh, there's a couple episodes where he will fight a monster and that monster will be kicking his ass, and then Ipe or Yuka will get on the computer and then they will program a new weapon. There was a really significant episode where uh, Ipe was really hungry and he was thinking about this hot dog and this like you know circular bun, and then he got this idea for a, uh, a shield with a sword in it that Gridman could pull out because of that hot dog because he got so hungry. 
and that's how they get Dyna Dragon and all the you know all that other stuff in there, like Godzin. And it all comes well, from just the two uh, programming new weapons for him to use in the fights. They were well, they were inspired say, yeah, he, by a, an actual Transformer at one point, right? Yeah, they, uh, yeah, yeah Godzin. Basically, what it is is it's um yeah it's, it's the the so yeah Nota's the one who who bonds with Gridman and that's like his whole deal like that's basically just all he really does every every episode is he just has to be the one to bond with Gridman but Ipe is the one who is like the artist of the team and he's all the time like sketching and designing um weapons and stuff for for Gridman and then Yuka. Uh, is really the one for the most part who writes the actual computer programs then and so yeah it's just it's just a series of things where like you know like connor was saying there's this episode where he's he's thinking about like a hot dog and he ends up coming up with this sword shield combo there's a later episode where he's actually playing with a, a, a actual transformer toy there's some product placement and he gets the idea for like these three support vehicles a tank a drill and uh, a jet that can combine into a robot that looks suspiciously like Optimus Prime that's called God Xenon and then later can also turn into battle armor for Gridman and turns him into Thunder Gridman if I remember correctly and um and then later um uh and then later there's an episode the one I mentioned before with the mummy where um, they they find this mummy in a tomb that has like a bunch of dragon artifacts, and Ipe gets this idea to basically make Gridman this like dragon shaped bazooka. Which then a few episodes later, they do an episode where um, you uh, you find out Noda is like this dinosaur nut. He he loves dinosaurs and stuff, and so that gives Ipe this idea to basically make it where the bazooka can transform into a uh, Godzilla-ish kind of dinosaur mecha, which he calls a Dyna Dragon. It's it's Dyna, D-Y-N-A, but they specifically say in the episode it's supposed to be Dinosaur Dragon. And then that can turn into a battle armor, which turns him into King Gridman. So, um, and, and the, the, uh, and the, the, all these, all these alternate weapons and stuff are uh, basically just controlled by Yuka and Ipe using, um, what looked like Nintendo controllers hooked up to the computer. So, and the thing that is amazing about this compared to a lot of mecha shows in general is, uh, you know, I, when when I was watching Gal Gygar, I, I thought it was ambitious how like it seemed like wow, there's like a new mecha every five episodes. In Gridman, it's like every other episode, there's a new configuration that you haven't seen before, or something along those lines. It's it gets it gets exhausting to keep track of all of them. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I've heard some people compare like the uh, the old Gridman to the uh, and the new one to the Brave shows, and I haven't I haven't seen any of those, so I can't really you know chime in other than that. But I mean, I could see it with the Takara influence. Well, I was I was gonna say, isn't the Brave are the Brave shows the same thing as Gal Gygar, Kevin? Yeah, that was okay. the last Brave show from what yeah. I've heard. So, um, yeah, I mean, again, like that's you know going back to like what I asked earlier. I mean, like my whole thing is like I just see again, like a lot of like Sentai kind of influence, you know, and, um, and, you know, I, and I, I mean, there, well, so this is, this is jumping ahead a, a few steps, but there is, I, that was one of the things with a uh, SSS Gridman that really, um, I, I, I got a good laugh out of that actually, because there is an episode where, because they do the same thing where, 
you know, Gridman has all these power up armors and everything. And it's the first episode where he does, he becomes like full power Gridman, where he has his full armor on and everything. And the the villain, Akani, sees it for the first time and she's just like, oh, now he's just a robot. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, that. This is truth. This is. <laughs> so they, I, I felt like they also subverted a, a little bit in that they they sent. Uh, they sent all of the power-ups out at once uh, right off the bat because it's it's usually, you know, in the show like this, you'll have them do one at a time and then at at the end, it'll get all of them at once. And no, in SSSS, they, they sent all of them in one go, but then that caused problems with the computer and they had to figure out a workaround. I love the, yeah, I love the way how they figured it out, though, was with uh, making Gridman smaller so he uses less computing power. Like, God, that was such a fun plan. But... Uh... Yeah, we'll 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 get back into the anime. Yeah. We'll we'll be getting there soon. We gotta we gotta cover Gridman and maybe the American version too. Yeah, um, I was I was gonna say uh, on the subject of Gridman, I was gonna ask, um, you know, so did, does anybody have um, did anybody have any favorite monster designs from the original Tokusatsu series or favorite oh, kaiju? Uh, quite a few actually. Um, I like Bamora a lot. Shinobi Lar is really cool. Um, I do like uh, Sukubon, the last kaiju that uh, Takeshi made before Khan to Jafar was like, "Nah, you're you're not doing it, doing this anymore." Uh, Telebos is cool. He was the little pink one that was made by someone else other than Takeshi, and then uh, he was turned evil. That was such a good episode. Mm. I'm 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 personally a really big fan of um, uh, Bagheera, so. Which is like the it's this one monster that they have in the show. Which weirdly enough, I saw shortly before we started doing this that on the American Wikipedia page for Gridman, somebody Wait, has Baggin or Baggin. No, no. Um, <laughs> That's what it looks like. Yeah, no. Somebody somebody claimed that that Bagheera is supposed to be like half dinosaur, half aardvark, which I don't know if that's true. <laughs> Whatever. It's got um, like swords for for a face. That makes right. sense. Yeah, no, yeah, because that's what I think of when I think of aardvarks. So. <laughs> um, Very dangerous animal with the blade of theirs. But yeah, no, I mean, Bagheera just looks kind of like your classic sort of like you know vaguely dinosaur-ish like kaiju. But yeah, he's got like this giant like sword on his face, kind of like Girion from, from the Gamera series, but then he's got like also swords on his arms and his tail and everything, and it sounds like a really goofy, kind of dumb concept, like if somebody's just like, oh, let's just take Godzilla and glue swords all over him, but it's like, I actually think it's like a really cool design, and, and it works well, and he's he's also the one kaiju that comes back the most, because he's the first one who Gritman, like, doesn't actually, like, defeat, like, they fight pretty much like a standstill and Khan Digifer and Takashi like call him back, you know, and they're just like, okay, no, you know, come, come back. And then they send him out again in the follow-up episode. Um, and, and that's the one I believe where Gridman gets the sword for the first time. And then he comes back again in that mummy episode I mentioned. So I'm also a big fan of, uh, uh, I'm, I'm trying to pronounce their name. I know Shilas, I know Shiras. Oh, are you talking about the good monster? Yeah, the good monster. The other good is monster that, that doesn't be a, eventually good monster. Yeah, the yeah. one that will be very important when we talk about the uh, the, anime. the anime. Well, yeah. that that episode also introduced one of those things that it seemed like they were going to follow up on, then they didn't. Was that like, hey, all of these digital world cities have people that live in them that are in the computer? Yeah, uh, the the compoids. But um, <clears throat> yeah, we we only see. 
the one in the original series. Yeah, we see. We'll get to that later when we get to the anime. But uh, well, yeah, I, that... I, I was gonna say I feel like it's worth kind of mentioning right here. So there's, there's this one episode. Pretty. It's like episode five, isn't it? Uh, episode five or six, something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's it's pretty early on in the the Tokusatsu series, which is yeah, they do this episode where um, you know that you there's like uh like Takashi uh encounters this this monster like in in cyberspace um inotialist or, or however we're gonna say it um who who basically like lives in the in cyberspace and is like a, a good monster that like you know protects people and stuff and and seems to have this very specific kind of like close relationship with this this compoid who is only ever referred to as the the spirit of the sound. She has like this like pink and silver outfit that has like a, a musical note on the on it. And um they, they were and, living in a keyboard, so Yeah, they're okay, that's it. Yeah, they're living in like a computerized like keyboard or whatever. And then Takashi ends up basically like installing a virus in this monster to turn it evil and then yeah, wreak havoc on a music store because petty bullshit. Um so the uh you know and but yeah that's like the most that we ever we ever see about this is like this one compoid and and we vaguely become aware that like you know okay so there are like good kaiju that live inside computers already and they are apparently somehow associated with like the people that live in there and they they never come back to that they never do anything with it um but the anime will interestingly enough so yeah so i think that that's that's one of those things that they they had a lot of plans for Gridman, but it was a troubled production. Uh, I I think it was originally for scheduled for like a, a small like two cur run, and then they expanded it because it was doing better. But they were having a hard time actually executing on the episodes that they were making. So uh, a lot of stuff like uh, Takeshi's uh, turn to uh, to become a hero. There was a there was a <clears throat> much bigger plan for that at one point where he was going to steal blueprints for Gridman and turn himself into uh con knight yeah yeah who became grid knight which uh we'll get into later once we get to the anime but uh and then there was also plans uh for Takeshi to replace Naoto as the next Gridman as Gridman Sigma later on too so they had, they had a lot of interesting ideas of how to continue it and some of those like some of the character concepts went into uh the recent anime but yeah, there uh, there was a there was a, a story that they did in uh in Televikun in Japan, the the magazine, where they, they followed up on some of the stuff, uh, which I think is a is a good stepping stone towards towards the anime as well. But uh I, I haven't actually checked out that story. I've only read some synopses. Is that the is that the same thing as the Because um, I've I've read online that yeah, they were gonna that there was a novel that they put out that's called like Gridman the Demon King's Counterattack. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, That's uh, where uh, Sigma comes out. Right. Well, novel is a generous way of putting it. Okay. It's, so so it's not really a novel. Novel. It's a bunch of pictures from what I've heard and like descriptions. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Think of like the 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 first Garo novel or something like that. Well, I was thinking of um oh I can't remember what it's called that thing that they did like it feels like ten years ago or something for like Ultraman where they they had like all these really weird like concepts like this like version of ultra seven had like a giant eye slugger and stuff. I can't remember what you, that is. Is it in a story zero or something? No, 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 yeah, no, 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 no. It, it was, you're talking about the one where like 
like the land of light an, exploded another, another or genesis or something? yes yeah, that's another, another genesis, genesis. Yeah, yeah that's it another genesis yeah uh i i don't think it was quite that literary just because televicoon doesn't doesn't uh appeal to even a demographic that's that advanced oh. so just in terms of like reading level but um gotcha but probably a similar concept okay I think, it, if anything, it'd probably be similar to like the uh, the old Andrew Mellos uh, magazine stories. Or like, did mm. did the Common Rider ZX stuff get aired in tele, tele that Telebicoon back in the day? Do you know I'm, that? Not, I'm not sure actually, but that's that's actually a, a really good segue to the to the sort of next step in the story. Uh, if we if we fast forward to the Japan Animator Expo, well, uh, I, but real, real I guess quick. we should we should we should touch on. Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad. Kick some gigabut. <laughs> That's the so, only thing I remember from the theme song. So did 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 all of us? I mean, I did all of us watch this? Like, because I, I guess that's a question. Is like, was was Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad like everybody's like kind of first exposure to Gridman? Yeah, yeah, it was. and I didn't yeah. stick with it, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. I well, saw a bit of it as a kid. I was more into Power Rangers and Beetleborgs though, so I never. Uh, really stuck around for it. it was like oh it's a Power Rangers kind of show okay Justin you know darn well that I was that kid who was at eight years old like eh subs not dubs so <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know any better uh, when it came on TV but I mean at that point like I was probably Power Rangers came out what like 92 93 ish 93 ish yeah, yeah so so I was like eight years old when it came out and this came out uh around the same time basically so like i was more into power rangers i definitely watched some of it i can remember some of the episodes but i always felt like they were not as interesting for whatever reason i also felt it was also like really cheap compared to power rangers too and that's saying something because like power rangers at least would go outside and have a lot of extras and stuff and gridman well not gridman i mean superhuman samurai cyber squad uh was kind of really really like it was just like the they, basements, the house. They had and two the and a half sets, right? <laughs> yeah, something like that. So, yeah. so I mean, I I know a little bit about like Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad from like some articles that I've read and stuff. And so my understanding is, so there's there's some interesting things about how this this came about, which is, um, so so you know, again, kind of like how we were talking about earlier, and this is what's kind of led me to wonder, like how deep like these connections run but yeah so like the early 90s you know toei's having all this success like getting a bunch of their superhero shows ported over to the u.s by saban they've got super sentai becomes power rangers um you know they, they get a bunch of their metal hero shows remixed into vr troopers um and then uh uh um uh, heavy shell b fighter into beetleborgs uh common rider into masked rider right um and and so you've my understanding is that you basically have Sabraya sitting there kind of like, well, well, we want some of that. Like we want some of that, you know, like American adaptation action. Um, but because Power Rangers had established this template of, well, we take these shows, we cut out all of the scenes of the Japanese actors and we shoot new scenes with American actors. That was what they wanted to do. And Subaraya had a, had very strong objections to that being done to any of the ultra shows. Um, they did not want that. They, they had this feeling that that was it, 
the stuff that I've read lends lends this idea that they almost saw that as kind of like sacrilegious. You but know? the ultra shows were old as dirt at that time, also. Yeah, like, yeah. The newest thing you could do would be like eighty or grade. And grade had already aired on American TV and didn't do too well, and it only has yeah. thirteen episodes. Well, 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 seven seven does get ultra seven gets picked up and aired on TNT, but it, it's being aired dubbed. You mm-hmm. know. And, and it's not to rather... mention they're yeah they're airing at like six in the morning too right yeah it was and, super and that early. was a that was an old dub from the eighties mm-hmm. so but yeah that that seems to have been like what they wanted was like you know they wanted to they if they were going to have these shows ported over they wanted them like dubbed and like nobody was was willing to do that and so like the compromise evidently was that Subaraya was like okay well we won't let you do this with any of the ultra shows but we'll let you do this with Gridman. And so they end up striking a deal with um, with Deke, the the, um, the people who did Inspector Gadget. I think is might be what they're best known for. I can't think of anything else. Um, Sailor Moon, right? Oh, are they the ones that uh, did Sailor Moon. I thought Saban did Sailor Moon. Yeah, uh, I I don't think so. All right, Kevin, check on the Sailor Moon thing. I'll All right, I'll, I'll look into it. This is important. Um, yeah. So uh, so so they they strike a deal with Deke. And so Deke basically gives Gridman this Power Rangers treatment. And interestingly enough, um, so originally they were going to call their Gridman adaptation Power Boy. That was the original announced uh, title for it. And Saban actually sent them a cease and desist because they said you can't use the word power. That's too close to Power Rangers. Um, And so then they came up with this admittedly rather catchy title of superhuman samurai cyber squad with cyber being spelled with an s so it's all four s's in a row um instead and and basically the adaptation is is honestly in a lot of ways pretty close to to gridman you've got um you know a, a group of kids they're all american kids now it's the same sort of thing they've got a computer that they've built um in their basement um you know they log on to it and um you know, they, they meet uh, um, this character instead of it being Gridman, it's uh, Servo is his name. And uh, instead of it being Condigifer, it's Kilocon. And, um, you know, they uh, uh, and, you know, it's, it's the same sort of deal. And, and so Kilocon has uh, has allied himself with this kid, Malcolm Fink. Uh, so I thought it was Frink, Malcolm, whatever. Is it Frink? I think it's yeah. Frink. Is it Frink? It's okay. it's Frank and it's Frank. All right, yeah, Frank. Okay, no, Frank would have been too on the nose, I guess. So, um, the uh, yeah, Malcolm Frank and and everything who who is kind of similar to Takeshi, not really. I mean, he's he's got that same sort of like loner thing going on, but um, I I he's not. I I guess he's kind of got like the I don't know. He he he's less kind of like I don't know. He's I I. From what I remember, and like I've watched this show not that long ago because this whole thing is available on DVD from uh, from Shout Factory, but it's a uh, Malcolm's Malcolm's kind of got it, got that kind of like slightly sort of like gothy like art school pretentious thing going on, so not like the whole business suit sort of thing like Takeshi, but um yeah, and, and so then you've got um the, this group of kids, and and so you've got Sam instead of Naota, and the um. One of the main differences here is that um, is that uh, Sam is in like a band and he plays guitar. And for whatever reason, they made it where instead of it being Sam having like a wrist morpher like Naota that allows him to fuse with Gridman, Sam 
uses his guitar and he plays like a, a certain chord on his guitar and that's what allows him to fuse with servo this um, is the most 90s show uh yeah ever conceived of all time yeah and and then and then he's got um and then and then instead of it being like two other kids he's got like three other kids that he's friend uh friends with and it's um a, a girl her name is sydney there's a guy whose name is tanker that's literally the only name we're ever given um and uh and another guy whose name is amp also the only name we're ever given um so and uh and they and and another difference here which interesting enough kind of also paves the way for some things that will be done with the anime is that just like in the japanese version of the show um uh sam's friends are the ones who design all of the the support vehicles and stuff that will become servos like armor and weapons and stuff but um instead of them uh controlling it via like uh video game controllers they actually also go inside the computer with sam and they pilot these things um a, a much more sort of like power rangers-esque so um except they're all wearing like when they go inside they're all wearing outfits that kind of look like uh just like regular kind of like flight suits like something out of like top gun or something but yeah um but that's uh oh and I, I i almost forgot probably the the most notable thing about this um so kilo Khan, uh our our villain is a uh, voice by tim curry how did that happen i don't i don't know, <laughs> I don't know how of, they of, did that of like rocky horror picture fame um you know yeah tim curry is is the voice of the villain and you know that's that's the thing that's probably like the most memorable about this show and i would say may also be like the best thing about it um juxtaposed to like the japanese original is like you know tim curry plays kilo khan in a way that's like really evil um because that's what he's good at and um you know and and he does these things that at least i mean going by the the subtitles that we have for gridman on toku you know he does these things that like kilo uh khan digifer doesn't do like you know he, like he refers to humans as meat things you know you, you gotta know? you gotta do it the sort meat things yeah i can't do a good tim curry but he, like you can just hear the venom in his voice when he does right it. yeah like, he, like a little yeah, bit of camp right yeah he's like yeah he talks to like malcolm and he's just like you know he he, he calls malcolm that's too he's like you know meat thing and he's just like you know we need to make like the meat things suffer you know and it's like he he holds like humans like in a lot of contempt and like doesn't really understand them you know and uh and and he has this very uh, I, and it's like i don't recall this from like Gridman either we're really talking about like takeshi and uh and con digifer's relationship but like kilo Khan and malcolm have like this very like sadistic relationship like there are episodes where like kilo Khan is basically kind of like torturing malcolm like you get almost this kind of like stockholm syndrome kind of thing going on where like you know malcolm does not really like respect Kilo Khan, but like he's afraid he's more like afraid of him like he's gotten into this like relationship with him and he can't get out of because he's afraid that like if he does like Kilo Khan will hurt him you know kind of thing so i mean takeshi sort of got that way towards the very end mm-hmm. yeah it's it doesn't feel like that way until until like the very the very very end of the show you know so and and even even towards the end of the show like in the last episode like takeshi like tells 
you know, like Nota and them where they're just like, I don't understand. Like, why would you, you know, have helped uh, Khan Digifer? And he's just like, well, he was my friend, you know, and you kind of like buy that. But like here, it's like, you know, it's like you never get the impression that like Kilo Khan and Malcolm are necessarily like, like friends. It's like this is like a really abusive relationship. So speaking of abuse, I know that um, at one point. So Jim Magan, I guess. Um, and Mark Zaslav, who they both wrote on some pretty notable stuff like Winnie the Pooh and DuckTales and Darkwing Duck and like All Dogs Go to Heaven, which is not the movie, but the, the TV series. Right. So they had, done, they had done some really notable stuff, but they were churning out like four strips a week at one point. And the film had su- the uh, the show had such a low budget. They had basically four, three or four core sets. So like. When you watch it, that's why it's always set in like a like you know the the room where the band's playing that kind of thing. Also, yeah. uh, Matthew Lawrence from uh, what Boy Meets World. I mean, he he's like they actually had some some talent yeah. on the show, and it's fifty three episodes long. What's the, what's Gridman like? Gridman thirty nine. So they yeah. have to recycle a lot of monster stock footage. Well, yeah. that, that's the other thing is like yeah, because like they recycle a ton of monster footage for this. But the thing about it is that like. Yeah, they they stretched this out like much farther than the Japanese series, but they ran out of like monster footage like a like really fast because like they also did this thing where there's a lot of episodes of of uh, of samurai that open up with them them doing that thing where it like opens up and like uh servos in the middle of a fight with a monster, you know, and and you know, so it opens up with like an action scene and then he defeats that monster. And then like Sam goes back to like the real world and they're just like, oh, yeah, stopped another one. Akilo Khan's monsters. All right, everybody, let's go to school. You know, and then they do like the the junior like high school, you know, like saved by the bell shit. And then, you know, they they fight another monster at the end of the episode. So they they were taking monsters from episodes that were towards the end of, of Gridman's run and using them for like these dry openings in the show and it's just like you know that that might be another reason why like i have such fond memories of of that one kaiju bagheera because like i said he comes back like for three episodes in Gridman. i'm pretty sure he comes back for like 12 episodes in like samurai <laughs> or something because they just keep using him like over and over and it's and like when i when i got the um the dvds from like shout factory like a few years ago and was re-watching it like it's really striking to watch it in order because like literally you're watching like you'll watch one episode of samurai and they'll like use shots of him fighting bagheera and then you'll watch another episode of samurai it's like you'll watch episode five and then you'll watch episode six and then you'll watch episode seven episode seven they're using the same stock footage they use in episode five because like they're just it's just that constant they just need that much stock footage so it's kind of jarring when you can actually do that. Unlike when you're a kid, you know, when you're doing this like week to week, you know, and missing episodes. So from what I understand, I was going to ask you guys, do you know why it was eventually canned? Because from what I can tell, they actually said ratings were, were pretty good on it. I think it was just the, they ran out of footage to use. I heard that, uh, they were hoping that there was going to be another Gridman show. That was going to be a follow-up and then they could take footage from that. But the well ran dry. I mean, based on the on the photo novels, like it seemed like Tsuburaya was pretty far along in the at least planning phase that they might have been able to swing that. But uh, it sounds like there were other production issues. They they did have plans to like replace Naoto with you know this this other other kid protagonist who would turn into Gridman, 
yeah, Yuta Hibiki. Uh, yeah, who so. does show up eventually in the franchise, but we'll, yeah. we'll get to that when we get to the anime. And then, yeah, there was there was that, and there was also plans of, uh, you know, Takeshi maybe taking up the torch or something like that. Yeah, um, as a Gridman Sigma. So. Mm-hmm. Just never panned out, though, unfortunately. Well, okay, it did, but not the <laughs> way they wanted it to. <laughs> right, right. But no, that's 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 Samurai Cyber Squad, kind of an Su- oddball. Entry. Uh, sorry, uh, uh, I was just gonna say like Super I was a lot more hands on with Cyber Squad than Toy was with Power Rangers, and I think that's part of why it, like at least on a base level, is is more faithful, even though the production values are way worse. Like there are times where it seems like they're just taking the scripts from Gridman and and applying them to to Cyber Squad. Yeah. So, whereas with Power Rangers, you get the feeling of like, uh, yeah, they they took the footage, but they might not have actually known what the actors were saying in the Japanese. <laughs> oh, we're doing a it's it's a show about uh about nature nature animals from space. Well, they're on a space colony now. Fuck it, who gives a shit? No one's uh, ever gonna see the Japanese shows. That is that is the Haim Saban <laughs> motto. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, their 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 greatest example of that is uh is Samurai Pizza Cat. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, but yeah, so yeah, I mean, so yeah, that was I think for a lot of people like that was their exposure to Gridman was through Samurai Cyber Squad, and then you know that went away, and you know everybody kind of for, well, I, oh, we should I, I should also ask this because um before we before we kind of move on, how how successful was Gridman in Japan. I mean, we kind of hinted. I mean, they had plans to do a follow-up series, and it didn't happen. From what I from what I've heard, it did. I think it did well, but it didn't do well enough. Yeah, ratings weren't great, but the toy sales were good. I think, right? Something well, like if Ultraman now shows us anything, that's all they care about. Yeah, <laughs> that that old saw. Yeah, <sighs> I do. I do like the new uh, recent Ultraman shows, but that's discussion for another day. But um, but yeah. But, so I guess. I guess kind of like everybody sort of forgets about Gridman until 2015. Yeah, uh, pretty much. I mean, it's it's one of those titles that would be like well remembered in in the sense that like you know weirdo cult bands would do like a cover of the theme song or something like that. But uh, it wasn't you know a- anything anyone was expecting more media from. No, like no, Gridman. You know, outside of I think of like a New Year's commercial for Superia back in the. Like right before Tiga, he was gone. He vanished. Uh, you didn't get any like reimagined Gridman hero to join Ultimate Force Zero or anything. He just kind of was thrown by the wayside with losers like Kosaidon and Eisenborg until 2018. Well, I was going to say until 2015. So oh, whatever. that's right. That's right. Yeah, right, right. Just, if if Kevin wants that. to talk about what happened in 2015. so Yeah, so basically. Uh... Hideaki Anno was depressed. <laughs> and, and, and then, uh, as tends to be the case, uh, good good things happen when that uh, is the case, uh, artistically speaking. Um, he, he basically didn't want to work on Evangelion anymore, and there was this, this notion of anything to not work on Evangelion. His studio, Kara, was basically... Um, as as a as a as a side project as a distraction, uh, the animators were given the task of like, 
well, just just work on whatever you feel like working on. And uh, this this other dude, Hayao Miyazaki, gets involved and gives it a significant bump of uh, of clout and and prestige. And we're off to the races with this this project called the Japan Animator Expo, in which animators from around the industry are all basically given carte blanche to do whatever they feel like doing no concerns about making something that's like a commercially viable product just do something that's artistically satisfying for them to do uh so studio trigger had uh just recently really uh formed at that point uh, that they were they were doing a kill a kill around this time uh but one of their one of their animators was uh, uh akira amemiya and he wanted he, he basically had a had a conversation with uh Tsuburaya and talked with them about what would be okay to do an animated short for and they basically said well Antro Melos or Gridman which I'm guessing it was their way of saying uh the bottom of the barrel <laughs> <laughs> and uh so what happens is throughout the uh the Japan animator expo we actually get a short Gridman film and a short The Ultraman film, which is sort of related to Andrew Mellis, but not really. Kind of. Um, I'll, I can get into that if you want, but... Uh, yeah, it was based on the, on. on the manga by Uchiyama. And, yeah, and that's where Mellis comes from, but yeah, it's messy. Yeah. Ultra continuity is messy. <laughs> so anyway, this uh, um, the, this short that, that comes out is basically just Takeshi walking through a city, reflecting on the events of Gridman, the hyperagent, uh, and you get nicely animated recreations of various iconic fights throughout the series of Gridman battling different opponents and having his different upgrades show up. And it's, if you've just watched the Tokusatsu, it is amazing because the way that they really uh, faithfully recreate these shots while still making them look like they fit within the world of anime it's uh it's really quite something but uh then then the the very end of it where it you know will will blow everyone's one's mind that's a hardcore fan is that actual monsters show up and then Takeshi changes into Gridman Sigma this thing that was only in a magazine before and it's it's like a big big giant cliffhanger type of thing and it, this is just like what could have been and a lot of the Japan Animator Expo stuff, even though some of it was very sort of like artsy-fartsy, uh, was sort of like short pitches for things that would turn into proper bigger projects. Like, you know, there, was a, there was a Pat Labor short. There was uh, a short film called The Dragon Dentist that went on to become a, a theatrical film. Uh, so uh, it was not so surprising when after this, uh, a few uh, years down the road, we found out Okay, well, Trigger is going to be doing a, a full TV series based on Gridman now. And we should we should mention that if people want to look that up, it's called Gridman Boy Invents Great Hero. Yes, yeah, you can find it on like YouTube. It's pretty easy to find. Yeah, yeah. The I think the Japan Animator Expo website is is gone at this point, but uh, thankfully everything has been backed up on on YouTube and, and various other sources. I really want to get a, a Blu-ray set in the West of all of those shorts because they're fantastic. Yeah, they're really good. Probably yeah. Licensing prohibitive or something. 
Kilo Khan lives inside computer circuits. With the help of Malcolm Frink, he creates megavirus monsters to attack electronic systems. Meanwhile, a freak accident turns Sam Collins into Servo. His friends join forces in their samurai's attack vehicles. Together, they transform into the superhuman samurai cyber squad. Superhuman.